0: Amen. You may be seated in the presence of God if you are able. Uh, I got a hard job today because we're launching a new series over the next few weeks. uh, And I got the hard job, you know, uh, the elders and I, we've been working on this whole little process and we're going to teach it uh, as a team. But they gave me the hard job of the first one of introducing the series uh and and so um i I figured i would slide my way into this is that all right uh and so uh sean are we ready let's let's do that first one
1: we at payless wondered how much people would pay for our shoes if they didn't know they were our shoes so we rebranded for a weekend We built a fake luxury store, filled it with avant-garde sculptures and displays. We even hired a full team of sales associates. Then we filled all the shelves with Payless shoes and jacked up our prices as much as 1800%. And finally, we gave it what you might call a fancier name. Welcome to Palessi.
0: Palessi is just such high quality high fashion it's taking your shoe game like
1: up to the next level it's like very you know european very you know upscale. the guests at the palesi grand opening party had no idea any of these shoes were from payless
0: it looks really well made I love a heel that's kind of chunky because it means you can like jump up and down, do some backflips maybe. It's a stunner, it's one of those shoes that you're just gonna get compliments on over and over again.
1: Elegant, sophisticated, and versatile. For me to experience this as an Italian designer is amazing. I could definitely wear this to like a Met Gala dinner. just think it's so unique. Yeah. I would definitely spend $2.95 on a pump like this. I would pay like three, $400 for these shoes for sure. I'd probably spend about $500 on this. Compliments are great and all, But would these fashionista influencer types open up their wallets for our shoes? We watched from a room backstage as our first customer approached the register. We all celebrated the first sale, but then we witnessed more and more shoes selling. Shoes sold for 250, 400, and even $600. But before any of them left, we let them know the shoes were actually from Payless. What? No way. You've got to be kidding me. Shut up. Are you serious? No. Wait, did I just pay too much? (laughs) I love Christian Siriano. Oh, I would support this. Anyone who bought the shoes, got them from us as a free gift, but we proved that they could sell for over 10 times the normal Payless price. Now anyone can come into Payless and get these same exact shoes for as low as $19.99.
0: I am very, very happy with this purchase and I will be going to Payless for a lot more shoes. Can you imagine this? How, how far have we come, right? That there's now this new thing called influencer marketing, right? That advertisers or companies, they go to these individuals who build themselves on their blogs or on their YouTube channels as those who are ad, avant-garde kind of fashionistas. And they, they bring them their stuff And if they like them and they talk about them on their blog, they notice that sales go up. It's called influencer marketing. Watch what the world does. They go to the influencer with the product because of how many followers that influencer has. And that influencer, if they endorse it, it becomes a bestseller all within the market. And these influencers... They think they know what they're talking about, but they're paying $600 for Palesi shoes and don't realize they could have spent $29.95 at This This aspect of using people as influencers is now taking off because of social media and social media networks and all that kind of stuff. But look what Paul says... In Ephesians chapter four, verse one, he says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. Stay with me just for a second because I want to talk about walk worthy as the first installment of this new series. To understand what Paul means when he says in chapter 4, verse 1, walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, you and I have to understand not just what's going on in chapter 4, verse 1, but we have to understand all that God is up to in the book of Ephesians. Can I help you understand the book right quick? Watch watch this. Ephesians is a book that Paul, it's a letter that Paul wrote to some folks that out of all the places that he went, all of his missionary journeys, Paul spent the most time at Ephesus than any other city. He spent more than three years teaching and discipling. He knew these people. Then when he had to move on, and at uh, at this particular time when he writes the book of Ephesians, he's under house arrest in Rome, but he's writing back to them. But he's now gotten to the point in his life where he kind of sees some things from a very clear perspective. And his whole point of writing to the Ephesians is he says, I now get it, I now understand what God is up to with this thing called the church. I'm glad he got it because if you're like me, sometimes you struggle with, why why do we do this? What is this about? See, I know you can't say amen because your pastor is looking at you, but I'm confessing I struggle with it myself. What, What is this thing of the church about? And Paul writes to the Ephesians, his whole purpose is to explain the mystery, the power, and the kingdom purpose of the church. Matter of fact, as he builds his argument, he gets to the high point of his argument in chapter 3, verse 10. And he says, I need you to understand all that God has been building up to. It's to the intent or for the reason that now, right now, the manifold, the many layered wisdom of God might be made known by the church To the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. Don't miss that. Don't run on too fast. Because when Paul uses the terminology principalities and powers, watch this. He is specifically dealing with not Caesar, not who's in the White House, not, not earthly powers. He's talking about satanic and demonic powers. He's saying that God has designed the church... And he's gone through all of these steps so that through the church, the devil in hell might be scared. Somebody missed it. That, that in order to prove to the ones who are fighting God How big, how bad, how amazing God is. God has put together a bunch of broken, jacked up, in need of help. Sometimes fall out with each other, can't get along with each other. But some kind of way because of what God is doing in the midst of that group. That when that group really understands who they are, the devil will start shaking in his boots. Watch how he builds this case. In the book of Ephesians, he does it by by very carefully laying out his understanding of the theology of the church in the first. Part of the book, in chapters 1 through 3, he deals with this eternal character of the church. In other words, the theology behind the church. What was God thinking when he did this thing called the church? Then in the second half of the book, he deals with the temporal conduct of the church. In other words, in chapters 4 through 6, we see the application of the how. How the church should act because of what God intends the church to be. Are you following me? And so when he gets to this second part in chapters 4 through 6, he uses this literary device of walk. And he says, walk like and walk in and walk for. Right? It's this literary device that he uses to unpack what believers need to apply in order to achieve being a part of that thing that will scare the devil. Right, And as he deals with this idea of walk, right. Uh, matter of fact, if you have the New Living Translation, yours, yours might say in Ephesians 4.1, to lead a life. To walk for Paul is to have a lifestyle like. So when he says walk in or walk worthy, he's saying live a lifestyle worthy of the calling to this thing called the church. You should see how you're looking at me right now. But now the book of Ephesians emphasizes the importance of living out one's faith consistently. In other words, I have to life it out. I have to walk it out. So that's why we're calling this series Walk It Out. some of y'all it ain't come on back come on back come on back we're calling this series walk it out because that's the point of all that God is after through the church and in the book of Ephesians that's his message walking out the faith that's inside walk it out in your lifestyle does that make sense Close the gaps between what you believe and how you behave and walk it out. Whether you're on the west side, walk it out. (laughs) East side, walk it out. South side, walk it out. In whatever area, walk it out. Because Paul's message here is that with all that God has planned for the church to be, we have to live up to what we've been called to. Watch, watch how he does this. Uh, just, just go with me for a second. I know this is going to take a minute, but if you have a paper Bible or if you have your, your Bible app, I want you to go with me, and I'm going to summarize for you the first three chapters of Ephesians. All right? All right? I'm, I'm going to give you an entire seminary class in five sentences. Thank you. Here we go. If you notice what he does in chapter 1. He, he introduces himself. He talks about what, what the purpose for this and, and the blessing that he has on those who receive it. But then in verses 3 through 14 of that first chapter, he's talking about what Jesus has done, has given us a new identity and a new standing in God's eternal redemptive plan. That you, you are not whoever you used to be. That because of what Jesus did on the cross, you now have a new identity. And a new standing. Then in verses 15 through 23, Paul prays that they would get it. He prays that the light bulb would come on. He prays that God would give us the ability to see and to understand and embrace the new identity. Because this new identity comes with power to participate in what God's eternal redemptive plan has been about. So, so that you don't think that you can just sit on the sidelines. Paul says, I'm praying that the light bulb would come on in your head and you would understand who you are. And when you understand who you are, what you've got. Yeah. And then in chapter 2, he brings us to this place in the, in the first nine verses. How he shows us that we've been brought into this special identity. We didn't earn it. We got there by the grace of of God, God for whatever reason in God's head, picked me and you. We didn't deserve it. We didn't earn it. We jacked up from the flow up. But because of God's grace, you're now in the group. And the key verse, there's a key verse that jumps out in verse chapter 2, verse 10. Uh, if you have your paper Bible, you need to underline this one. You need to highlight it, draw circles around it, two stars on the side, whatever you need. Watch this. He says, for we are... God's workmanship, the the, the word workmanship means um, custom-designed piece of art, created in Christ Jesus, watch this, not just to come to church, you weren't created just to pay bills, you weren't created just to slide by, but God created us in Christ Jesus to do some good works which God prepared beforehand, watch this, that we should walk it out. That we should walk in what he's pre-programmed in, we should walk it out as we do. Watch this. Then in verses 11 through 22 of chapter 2, he, Paul talks about how God has unified those who have been saved by Jesus into a new kind of humanity, a new unit, a new entity, this thing called the church. You're not just Caribbean American, you're a part of the church. You're not just African American, you're part of the church. You're not just Cuban American, you're part of the church. There's a new identity. There's a new unit that you belong to. And then in chapter 3, Paul goes all the way off. He goes to the deep end of the pool. And in verses 1 through 7, he talks about how this new entity, the church, was kept a secret by God in the past. You will never find the word church in the entire Old Testament. Shh, he kept it a secret. But now because of Jesus, we are brought into play and that God's ultimate plan in verses 8 through 13, Paul says God's ultimate plan always was to use the church as the kingdom's secret weapon to overthrow the kingdom of darkness. That he brought us here to set up a fight. The, The Old Testament prophets didn't see it. They didn't get it. They didn't truly understand. But now he's brought the church into being to bring about a fight to kick the behind of the false kingdom. And then in verses 14 through 21, Paul says, My desire for you as a believer is to be equipped, to be filled up, to be able to grasp and pull off what God has planned and to bring God glory through the church. Not through some, you know, 501c3 nonprofit. He's not going to save the world through a nonprofit. He, he's, he's not going to take the fight to the enemy just because you're a good person. He brought us into the church and then made us influencers. Ah. I'm all the way back to Pilesi. Because all that God has been up to, all that was a secret, all that the world did not know before the church came into being is that God brought you to this point in your life and has done what he's done on the inside of you by the power of his spirit and by the freedom given in the cross. And now he's turning you loose as an influencer marketer. Watch this. The way the world does it is the company brings you the products and then those that are your followers, when you talk about how great the shampoo is, they then go and buy the shampoo. Watch how the kingdom of God does it. The product is our internal change because of Jesus. He brings the product to us and then sends us out to our circles of influence, and as we walk it out, then it sells itself. And then that's why he says in chapter 4, verse 1, I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. Close the gaps because of who's watching you. Close the gaps because of your job to walk out what Jesus has done in. As you walk it out, somebody else will want what they see is working in you. Check this out. I got another movie clip to show you.
1: They're tank busters, sir. P fifty ones. Angels on our shoulders. What, sir? James. Earned this.
0: talked with Sergeant Horvath and said this kid James Ryan he better go home and cure a disease or invent the longer lasting light bulb if I'm over here putting my life on the line it better be worth it and then as he finds himself dying his dying words to Private Ryan was earn this my sacrifice I, I can't go home to my wife anymore So you better earn this. When Paul says walk worthy, he's saying you better earn this. With all that God has done, with all that God has been up to, with all that he's been building to, you better earn this. You need to walk worthy of this. This is important. You are God's only hope. You're his only plan. If the church doesn't do it, there isn't a plan B. It's up to us. We have to earn the what Jesus did on the cross, what the Spirit of God is doing in us, with the influence or marketing understanding of what we're here in the world, to do, we have to walk it out. So how do we do that? How do we walk worthy? Go back to Ephesians chapter 4 and look at verses 1 through 6. And I'm going to mess with somebody because I'm going to flip over to the New Living now. Watch what Paul says from the New Living Translation. Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling For you have been called by God. So always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit. Just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future, there's one Lord, one faith, and one baptism, and one God and Father who is over all and in all and living through you all. Watch this. When Paul talks about walking worthy, when he talks about leading a life that's worthy of the calling, he's talking about reflecting God's character, his thoughts, his intentions, watch this, as evaluated by God himself. In other words, you and I don't get to determine how um, how good we are at doing it, how good we are at reflecting the way that God thinks and acts. He wants us to reflect how he is as evaluated by him. Because, see, the problem is me and you will excuse each other for bad days. Well, I, I, I was going to act right till she came up here and started talking out of the side of her neck. Well, I, I would act right, but you don't know uh, the kind of uh, rough upbringing I had. He says, walk worthy of the way God wants you to walk as God is going to evaluate how well you're doing it. And to do this, realize, to walk worthy, it's all about the right conduct and the right connection. Did you see that in verses 1 through 6? No, you didn't, so I'm going to have to show it to you. Watch this. It's all about right conduct and right connection. Watch what he says. He says at the end of verse 1, lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. If he has to command in verse 2 to be patient and gentle and humble, the implication is that there are then some behaviors that disqualify one from being a worthy walker wow. that obviously if he has to say be patient with each other it's because he knows when we're not patient with each other we are disqualifying ourselves from our worthiness wow. and he says be humble be gentle and be patient And the motivation for the patience is Jesus' love. Because remember, we are put as influencer marketers, right? The product is the change in us. So if we're still operating in our BC days, you know what BC is, right? Those before Christ days. If you're still operating like that, then you're, you're selling a different product. You see that? The, the idea is be humble and gentle and patient. Now, that, that, that's different from what we see the influencer marketers doing because what they do is draw attention to themselves. Have you ever actually been on one of those influencers' YouTube channels and heard them talk about these products and been like, now who are you? Why? Why are you the expert on this? All right? Some of y'all looking at me like y'all just just j- go try it. Just go try it on YouTube and just just look up some influencers and their little YouTube channel trying to sell you something. And they're always drawing attention to them. And God says, in order to be the kind of influencer marketer who walks worthy, I need you to be the opposite. Instead of drawing attention to yourself, be humble. Don't make it about you. Question Um, In your time of prayer and fasting this week, how much of your prayer time was about you? Uh, He says, be humble and be gentle. There's something about the culture that we live in that the more noise you can talk and the louder you can be, for some reason, the more popular you are. To be the influencer marketer that Jesus wants, rather than being loud, rather than being overbearing, rather than being aggressive, he says, be gentle. Because remember what he's selling isn't how bad you are. It's how amazing he is and what he's done with taking your badness and turned it into righteousness. And then he he uses one that, that, eh. okay, I I can work on, you know, I, I can try to work on, you know, being humble. I can try to work on being gentle. But be patient with each other. (sighs) Have you ever been asked by somebody to pick them up, uh, you know, because of whatever their transportation issues are and they need to be picked up at such and such time because they're trying to get to wherever at such and such time, and you show up at the time that you're supposed to be there, and the person who is in need tries to put you on their schedule, as if they aren't the one asking? <laughs> yeah. ha, ha, have you ever tried to force patience in that situation and, because and, and, and we straight up lie, when they finally get in the car, oh, I'm so sorry, it's all right. <laughs> he says, What motivates the desire to be patient is not them and them acting right, but how much God loved you and how patient God has been with you. That motivates how much patience to give. He says it's all about the right conduct. To be the one who walks worthy in this situation is all about putting on display his transformation on the inside. That's the product. But now, in order to do this job, you got to have not just the right conduct, but you need the right connections. You need the right connections. Notice what he says. The language implies that there are things or forces or people that will actively be working to pull us apart from what we need what he says in verse 3. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. He says, you make every effort, you keep yourself, and you bind yourself. If he uses those three things to talk about the, the, the work at staying stuck together as God's people, it, the implication is everything on the other team is working against us being stuck together. Right? So that's why when you come to church, your favorite seat, somebody's already sitting there. Because there's forces trying to make you say, what you doing in my chair? The the spot you love to park in because you've already counted how many steps it is between there and Sister Andrea at the door. Somebody's going to be in it. There are forces that are working to try to keep us at each other's throats. So he says, you have to work hard at keeping yourself connected. Watch this to what will give you the life you need to show off the change that's happening in you. Also notice that by the implication of the language keeping ourselves bound together in peace and in love is not God's job. Every one of those commands is placed on us. which means you can't rebuke the devil when somebody who is a brother or sister in Christ gets on your reserve nerve it doesn't mean watch it doesn't mean necessarily they are in sin but it does mean you're right on the edge yourself he says make every effort Not just the first one, not just the easy one, not just the one where I tried to give them a chance. Make every effort to keep yourself. Don't worry about them, keep yourself. It's not what they did, it's your attitude. Keep yourself united in the spirit. Bind yourself together with peace. You you have to... Listen, I've been in church all my life. This is the only job outside of teaching one year at a Christian school I've ever had has been in church. I know us. I I know how we can be. I know how we are. And so there are times when, if I'm gonna obey and if I'm gonna walk worthy, before I step foot in the building, I need to coach myself to operate in the peace of God that doesn't make sense. Because I'm gonna find something. The enemy's gonna show me something. Somebody's gonna say something, and they may not have even meant it the way I heard it. But it's on me to keep the bond of this thing called the church. Because he says in verse 4, there's only one body. Only one spirit. And we all have been called into that one body with the same destiny and the same one glorious hope for the future. Watch this. We're not going to get there ahead one of the other. We're going to get there together. To do this job to be the influencer marketer that God intends me to be for the world, there's going to be some times when I'm not feeling like it, but when I stay connected to this body that some kind of way, every time I show up through a song, through a prayer, through a hug, through the word, something I need that that God gives me, that, that helps me get powered back up so that I can go back out there and keep being an influencer for the kingdom of God. It always happens. I don't understand other than there's just one body and one spirit who's called us to the same thing. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. The implication is that this calling that's on us is for a group. There there are no Wonder Woman or Superman things in this kingdom move. I know you think all of that in a bag of chips, but you do have bad days. I know that you saved, sanctified, and that with fire, but sometimes you need somebody else to pray for you. To be in this group, we have to stay connected, not to our network out there, but to the community that will feed the growth of our character. He says, as you walk it out, walk worthy understand what this means what this looks like and what's at stake and earn this God has been up to something for millennia and has put you now on the forefront of marketing to the world how bad he is but you got to walk worthy of it you got to let the work that is happening keep happening And be willing to put it on display. Now in order to walk it out, he takes the rest of the book of Ephesians and talks about the tools that we will need to walk it out. So in this series, we're going to deal with some practical stuff that's going to work on you. I need you to know don't don't expect to come to church and be like ooh such and such needed to hear this message. <laughs> I ain't talking to whoever. I'm talking to us. Yeah, yeah. We see the gaps that need to be closed. We want to walk worthy. We want to walk this thing out. And so I invite you over the next few weeks. Do whatsoever you have to do not to miss not one piece of what it's going to take to walk out in front of the world this secret that God has been building up to that makes you his secret weapon even though he knows what he knows about you. Isn't it amazing that him knowing our gaps never disqualified us? him knowing our weaknesses and the character issues that we still operate in and the meanness that sometimes comes out, you and I are still his best plan. But we got to walk worthy. We got to earn in how we display what he's done in us. And here's the truth. Everybody in here is still in a state of becoming. Ain't none of us arrived. That's why we need some training on how to walk it out. Because there's some parts that you got, you got down, you good. Some other stuff is still kind of raggedy. So we're going to learn how to walk it out together. I need everybody standing on their feet. Whether you're participating in the fast with us or not, um, it doesn't make a difference to me because at this moment, for where we're going and with the things that God wants to teach us and to instruct us over the next few weeks, you are going to have to do some business with God yourself. The elders and I are going to do the best we can to teach under the anointing what God's word has to say but your change is not going to be in our teaching you closing these gaps is not going to be on the praise team you've got to make a decision Lord I'm open I don't know what this is going to look like I don't know the stuff that you're going to point on and point at in my life that needs work But if you're willing to say, God, I'm open to however you want to speak to me in this series, however you want to transition and change and transform my insides so it can show up on the outside, I'm willing to give you me. I can't make that decision for you. God brought you to church on a rainy Sunday because you've been playing with this thing too long and he's brought you to the point we're either going to do this and we're going to close these gaps or you're not going to earn what it is that I've put in you the decision is nobody else's but ours So I invite everybody in this moment, bow your head, close your eyes. I need you to do some personal business with the Lord. If you're open to what he wants to say, open to how he wants to do it. In the best way, you know how. Telling the Lord Jesus, I'm open to you. I do want to walk worthy. I don't want to waste what you've been up to, what you've been doing in me. So Lord, however this looks, however it's going to feel, I give you permission To start this spiritual surgery in my life and in my character. Cut out the cancerous stuff. Close the gaps between what I say I believe and how I actually behave. <coughs> Spirit of the living God, I'm open to how you want to do what you desire to do in my life. So, Father, you've heard the cry of our hearts. You know those who are serious. You know those of us who are serious but scared. You know those of us who are timid but we're willing to try. And so, Lord, I pray that you would meet each of us at whatever point of faith that we have. And draw us into this experience where you are literally gonna show us how to be your kind of influencer marketers in the world we're willing to let you put us on display because of what you're doing what you're fixing the miracles of how you will transform the raggediness of personality into the righteousness of being a trophy for Jesus so Lord we decide to give you free reign in us in our minds in our attitudes in our behavior help us walk worthy as we walk out your purpose for thine is the kingdom thine is the power thine is the glory in Jesus name Amen Somebody ought to give God a hand of praise